We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. Um, we're going to do something a little bit different today. Yes, we read books. We do read books from time to time, um, and obviously we talk a lot about specific things in the Bible, and we'll definitely be there, but sometimes we read just in general ministry-related books or theology books, and every now and again, Dan and, actually, Dan and I actually read the same one. Uh, this one is one I think we've mentioned in a video before because I had been reading through it, uh, but it was it's called The Cruciform Church, Becoming a Cross-Shaped People in a Secular World. It's by C. Leonard Allen. It was written in 1990. <laughs> Dan thought it was younger than, it was much uh, earlier or later writing than that. But anyway, so it was kind of fun because I was reading through it with your markings in it, and then I made some markings of my own and tabbed a few <coughs> things. And so thought it would be fun to discuss one particular section of that and see where that leads us and how we feel about it sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Sound good? Yep. Anything you want to add? Nope. Okay. So before we get going, as always, I want to remind you, if you have thoughts, questions on this co uh, conversation or anything else that we've discussed in the past, feel free to send us a message. You can email us at info at broadwaycoc.com. Or if you watch on YouTube, you can always comment below and we do our best to respond there. Okay, so yep. um, the passage that I was going to look at, uh, it talks a little bit about idolatry of scripture and idolatry of doctrine, basically. So I'll read a kind little bit of it. Kind of making the scripture or the doctrine our focus. Yeah. And lose... read, read the passage, a couple of passages, and we'll discuss. Okay, dope. It says, uh, even the Bible itself uh, or our own religious tradition can become an idol. The Bible becomes an idol to the extent that we lose a sense of Scripture as a meditating, a divine reality which always transcends the Scripture itself. It becomes an idol when our faith becomes focused on Scripture rather than the God that Scripture reveals to us. Our religious tradition can become an idol to the extent that we absolutize it or make it identical in every respect to the kingdom of God. And it jumps ahead and says, one can become a doctrine idolater, meaning where the statements are of the objects are the final objects to be reached by the means of your study or, or those sort of things. But then they use a quote that says, doctrines do not save us, we are saved in Christ. Doctrines do not cleanse us from our sins, it is the blood of Christ. We are not converted to doctrines, but to God. And then it continues uh, and it finishes that section by saying, Doctrines uh, only light the way to Christ and the cross. They are but the divine forces to bring you to him. Rest not with the doctrine. Bow not before the doctrine. Never stand still till you have arrived at the feet of Jesus on the cross. Well, I especially like the last part of what they said. Mm. I don't like some of the rest of it, but I do like that. Here, here's the thing. <clears throat> if what they're saying is, 
if, if what he's saying is that the Bible is not an end, mm -hmm. it is a means to an end, and the end is a personal relationship with God. Um, we believe that Christ is, is God incarnate. He mm -hmm. really actually yeah. came to earth. He, he was made flesh, that he really lived among us, that he really lived the perfect life, that he loved us, he died for us. He did the redemptive work of God on the cross. Yeah. He rose from the dead. He sat down at the right hand of God as Lord and King of all. And the, the sin problem that we have, our reconciliation to our maker, all of that takes place because of the real work of the living Christ. Mm -hmm. And... Certainly, God's word leads us to accept that redemptive work and to make that ours so that it becomes a reality in our life. And um, so, you know, we're, our, our goal is a real relationship with Christ, a real relationship with God. Yeah. Um, so I guess kind of from their standpoint, is it a fair statement to say that there are people out there that either take the scripture and never get to the cross, or maybe they've been people who think they've been to the cross but have since left it out? Well, some people may emphasize so intently one doctrine of scripture, and they are all about that one doctrine of scripture, even though it may be a very legitimate doctrine that they lose focus on Christ and his redemptive work and our personal relationship with Christ, and that's mm -hmm. certainly a danger. However, uh, one of the books I think that, I, I do not think it's a, a correct dichotomy to say, you know, we're either dedicated to the Bible or we're mm -hmm. dedicated to Christ because I think that's a both and and not an either or. I was going to say, is it more of a balancing, like are you getting at a good mix of the two or are you letting one come out of sync with another? I, I, let's go to the book of First John. I think we can get okay. some help with this. Sure. Let's go to First John 1, 3. All right. And this talks about why we preach the gospel of Christ to anybody. Mm -hmm. Read it for us there. All right. It says, That which we have seen and heard we proclaim to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. All right. So... The events of the gospel, mm -hmm. which John says we proclaim to you out there. Yeah. Why do we preach the events of the gospel? Why do we preach the incarnation, mm -hmm. the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ, the lordship of Christ, Yeah. his eventual return? Why do we preach that? To get you to. So that you out there mm -hmm. may have koinonia, fellowship with us, mm -hmm. and our fellowship is with the Father and with his son Jesus. So yeah. we have a relationship with God and Christ because we've accepted those things and we preach those things to you so that you can have a relationship with God in Christ. So the biblical things are a vehicle to bring us to the mm -hmm. living God and the living Christ. Could they also be more of a response to, like I think this is another thing, if we always see it as something that simply brings us to and none of it is in response to that fellowship, could that also be... Some of maybe they're seeing a problem of these two things being pulled apart, and it's because we see it as 
well, we reached it at one point, and there's no point in continuing forward. Or, oh, you mean like we, like when we're baptized into Christ, they see that as the end of the road or something? Maybe that, or <clears throat> maybe we came in contact with Jesus, and we trusted in all the love and the fellowship and all that, but then after that point, it just becomes, don't do these things. You know, who cares how I treat other people as long as I'm yeah, following the, these rules? The in 2 Corinthians 5.14, Paul talked about why does he keep preaching, and he says the love of Christ mm. constrains us because we thus judge that one died for all, and therefore all of us died. Mm. And one died for all so that those that live might no longer live for themselves but for him who for their sakes died and rose again. Yeah. So it's because of the love of Christ, because of his grace toward me, because of his, his continued cleansing of my sin— that I want to live for him and serve him. And yeah. that that brings the message of Christ into everyday life and work in the church. Yeah. So it's def- I, I think I agree with you. It's definitely not fair to set these up as... Please write that opposing. down out there. <laughs> I think he said right in there, I think I agree with you. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> the, the whole idea of pulling them apart as two separate ends of, yeah. of a line. And I know that that might be a perceived extreme there are extremes within our brotherhood there but think about this if, if you stay in the book of first john where you mm-hmm. are there yeah um the way of life of a christian mm-hmm. is is defined by parameters that came from christ through his apostles yeah so if you go to verse five through seven read those everybody knows those verses of chapter one one it says this is the message that we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that god is light and in him is no darkness at all if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness we lie and do not practice the truth if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. All right, so walking in the darkness, walking in the light, mm-hmm. those are two distinct moral and ethical lifestyles defined by mm-hmm. the teaching of Jesus yeah. and the apostles in Scripture. That's a true dichotomy. Yeah, that is a true dichotomy. It's comparable to Matthew seven thirteen and 14, the broad way and the narrow way, mm-hmm. or yeah. Psalm 1, the way of the righteous, the way of the mm-hmm. wicked, you know? Yeah. And so... There is a definite connection there between koinonia, fellowship with God, a relationship with a living God, yeah. and a defined lifestyle that is either walking mm-hmm. in the darkness or walking in the light. Yeah. So drop down to chapter 2, verse 4. Okay. Here's a person, and, and by the way, all these if we say or he that says statements in 1 John they're talking about a group of teachers that were confusing the Christians mm-hmm. and saying that they could have a relationship with God without following Outside the Christian lifestyle. Yeah. So read 2-4 there. Okay. He says, Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. All right. So, you know, I want to know Jesus. But you don't know Jesus apart from walking with Jesus in a relationship. And Mm -hmm. the way you walk with Jesus is in the active keeping of Jesus' commandments. Mm -hmm. See? Yeah. And I think what they were pointing out here is the people who are kind of the flip side of that. It's now they've bought in so much to the do the stuff. So they teach the right things, but they don't necessarily live it out in their lives. Yeah, which is... If we want to jump ahead to more chapter 3, chapter 4, 
you know, First John, where he's reminding us that the reason why God did all of these things, the reason why he calls us to all these things is because how much he loves us. And then how people will know that you love him is by how you love them. Right. And so if we lose maybe the heart of the gospel message and yeah. we hollow it out to just doing the stuff. We lose the motivation for mm. doing what Jesus tells us to do. Yeah. Uh, we we lose that constraint that Paul talked about in Second Corinthians mm-hmm. chapter five. Yeah, um, it's kind of the step on anyone to tell them the truth instead of I'm teaching the truth in love. Right, right, and living the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, John's John's um, letter here mm-hmm. has to do with what he calls antichrist, deceivers, false yeah. prophets, uh, liars. These people were trying to tell the Christians in Asia, that they could have a relationship with God separate and apart from any moral conduct of their life, that their moral conduct didn't affect their relationship with God. We might call these pre-Gnostics. They were actually teachers like Serenthus and Carpocrates and the Nicolaitans that we read about in Revelation. Yeah. These these teachers taught that... that um, God really never was made flesh, mm-hmm. and that it doesn't matter what your flesh does, let it do whatever it wants to. And Paul, I mean, John says, no way, Jose. Right. The Christ that came to us taught us a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And, and even Christ's apostles, if you go over to 1 John 4, verse 6. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, we are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. But this we know, by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So old Apostle John says, if you listen to us, if you listen to the apostles, mm-hmm. then you're from God. If you don't listen to the apostles, yeah. you're not from God. Yeah. And so that's why the ancient church, you know, continued steadfastly in the apostles' teachings because mm-hmm. they were the ambassadors of Christ, and they gave a moral and religious lifestyle yeah. that is doctrine... I was going to say, so maybe I can set it up this way, because some people may have heard the quote and be like, I don't understand it, and they may hear this and see, be like, where are we getting at? Could we set it up, this is going to be a broad statement, but go with me, as Jesus versus Paul? And there's people who love listening to Jesus, but they don't want to listen to Paul, because Jesus is love and Paul tells them what to do, versus they love Paul, and they don't really go back to Jesus because they love well, what I, he tells us to do. I think some people think that's what they do, but they yeah. really don't because if they really read Jesus, yes, I mean, if they really got in there and dug into the Sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm. they would realize that, that Paul was more toned down than Jesus <laughs> and that Jesus laid it out there in real yeah. direct, straightforward, in-your-face terms sometimes that are even more straightforward than Paul. Mm. But... So it's Paul not... is speaking for Jesus as an ambassador of Christ. Right. Second um, Corinthians five, uh, five verse twenty twenty one, mm-hmm. right in that neighborhood. Paul says, "We are ambassadors of Christ, as though God were beseeching through us. We beseech you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God." Is that mm-hmm. verse twenty? Mm-hmm. Verse twenty. All right. So, as an ambassador. Mm-hmm. The ambassador is telling you what the master, what the what the leader told him to tell you. See? Yeah, Paul wasn't speaking his own word. Galatians one twelve, 
Mm-hmm. Um, he said, uh, I didn't, the things that I'm preaching, he said, I was, I didn't learn it. I was not taught it, but it mm-hmm. came to me directly by revelation from Jesus Christ. Right. See? So when you're reading Paul, you are reading Jesus Christ. Christ. So I think that goes back to the point they were trying to make in this chapter is that churches have gotten out of sync and set up this, whether we want to call it a dichotomy or just an unbalanced equation of how to preach the whole truth of the gospel. And what we're talking about is when you get that idea in your head, you need to see that it is a false dichotomy. The whole thing has to work together. It, they even say that they work together. So Yes, this is, this is a... This is a manual on how to have a relationship with the mm-hmm. living God and the living Christ. Mm-hmm. See, this is not the end. Yeah. This is a doorway mm-hmm. to get to God. Yeah. And, and, but you can't bypass this to get to God. You can't ignore this to right. get to God. You can't say the, the doctrines in here don't matter if mm. you want to have yeah. a relationship with God. It's like... How do we know what God loves? How do we know what God hates? How do we know what our master Jesus wants unless he says to us what he wants, which he does Mm -hmm. through his apostles and his word? Yeah, and then we get on the other side, once you've made that commitment and come to him and you've followed the path to him, we have tons of examples of how people respond for the rest of their life, basically. Yes, and and I agree with their statement that we're we're not cleansed by doctrine. We're cleansed by the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. But we're cleansed by the blood of Christ as we are walking in the light. It's a it's a very slippery slope if you say that that doctrine doesn't matter, or that one doctrine doesn't matter, and then two doctrines don't matter, and then three mm-hmm. doctrines mm-hmm. don't matter, and it's the blood of Christ. And pretty soon, yeah, we're ignoring the master that we claim to submit mm-hmm. to. Yeah. And we're claiming cleansing by his blood, but we're ignoring the specific teachings that he gave us in his word. And I'm sorry, but that's not what John or any of the other apostles meant. Yeah. And so, again, it's don't try to pull them apart from each other. They See go how definitely they together. Yeah. So it's don't become so doctrine-based that you lose Jesus. Don't become so Jesus, quote-unquote, based that you lose his teachings and his doctrines. Now, there's no separating between Christ and his teachings. In mm-hmm. fact, I've heard this discussion when it comes to 2 John 9. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you read the little book of 2 John, yeah. All 13 I, think verses. If, I think if you go back to verse, is it 4, I rejoice greatly to find mm-hmm. some of your children walking in the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you're walking, living in the truth, you're living according to his teachings, which is one of the things emphasized in 1 John. Yep. But then if you go down to verse 9 through 11. Mm -hmm. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teachings of Christ does not have God. Now, does that say the teachings of Christ or the Mm -hmm. teaching singular? Teaching, sorry teaching of Christ. Read it again. Yeah. Everyone who goes ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both father and son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greetings for whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. All right. Now the word teaching is sometimes doctrine in different translations. And some people say the teaching of Christ or the doctrine of Christ Mm. is only concerned with the person of Christ. Was he 
fully God? Was mm. he incarnate? You know, yeah. that's what that that's talking stuff. about, period. It's mm. not talking about the teachings of Christ. Got it. So they make this dichotomy. Yeah. But if you go back and read the first part of Second John, and if you mm -hmm. go back and read the first John that has the same terminology, you'll mm -hmm. see that in those epistles, John is talking about both things together. He's yeah. talking about their idea about Christ himself right, and the resultant idea about how important mm. are the teachings yeah. of Christ. The stuff he actually taught that they are then passing along. About lifestyle and right. about morality and et cetera. Those things go together and mm. can't be separated. Which goes to the point we were making earlier. It sure does. <laughs> it's just, I think we come back to this a lot. It's amazing how many times <clears throat> we try to separate things out yeah. or pit things against each other that the Bible very clearly says should be in lockstep with one another. Here, here's what I see in this. There's a more and more of an attempt to embrace Christendom Mm -hmm. with all of its diversity and all of its yeah. diversity of teaching and practice, and to say that as long as Jesus is in there somewhere and his mm -hmm. love is in there somewhere, we all have koinonia. Mm. But okay. you can't get that yeah. out of reading that, the New Testament. That may be a starting point to build relationship and teaching, but it's not the end. Yeah, and if Jesus is really Lord, then how can I ignore what the Lord says to, mm. for me to do? Okay. How can you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say, said Jesus? Yeah. Okay. Food for thought today. Yep. Just a different starting point for things. Have a good time, and also remember that he said that one time that he agreed with me. <laughs> Sayonara. We'll see you later. Thanks again. Bye. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.